people understand when someone has a migraine. We understand that. They have a headache. They understand that. Depression, people don't understand. And a lot of people say, oh, I know what it's like. You know, I also get down sometimes. That's not suffering from depression. People have anxiety. So people say, oh, I also get anxious. You also get anxious. I know exactly what it's like. You get nervous. You get, like, anxious. No, no, no. That's not the machla, the sickness of anxiety. So let's say someone is depressed. What are some things that you should not say or do to them? They're in a dark room. It's during the day. The shades are down. They're sleeping. It's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, 12 o'clock, whatever. What are some things that you should not do? Say, snap out of it. Huh? What are you so ungrateful about? What's so terrible about your life? Get over it. Move on. What else? Don't be down. Don't open the shades and let the sunlight come in and invade their, their, their mind. They, they can't see light now. If someone has a migraine, light will kill them. Don't think like you're going to cheer the person up. What else? Don't say, I know what you're going through. Because we don't. Unless you have the same diagnosis and you've been through the same thing at the same age. Don't judge someone until you reach their place so you don't know what they're going through. Don't try to like cheer them up. You know how, you know how, how horrible it is, how, how bad it feels when, you're, when you feel like you, you, you want to blow your brains out and there's no reason to live and you're overcome with darkness and people are like trying to get you to smile? Like, I, I don't want to smile. It's not, it's not a little thing. And we wouldn't do it with physical illness. You know, someone has a migraine, you know, we just, we wouldn't go and say, go, go, go on, let's go, let's get out of here. Let's go to the gym. Let's go for a walk. You know what, you know what will make you feel good? Don't, you don't know what will make them feel good. It's true. If they feel healthy enough to go to the gym, they will feel better. But now they're, they're, they're sick. They can't do it. Um, what are some things that you should say or do? What would you say? Someone who has a migraine. I'm sorry for your pain. Sympathy. You would talk very low, respectful. Don't talk loud, because when someone has a headache, loud is like you're going to make them crazy. Don't be don't be super smiley and loud and think that they're going to get their headaches going to go away. See, we understand physical pain so well. Okay, you say. I can't imagine how you feel. I can't imagine how you feel. It's very powerful. I really can't imagine how you feel. But I'm here with you. And you're not alone. Some people are sick. They say, don't touch me. Some people, you could sit on the bed sometimes. You have to know what and when and where. And you can, you can hold their hand or you could stroke the, the, the back of their head. If, you know, you, is it okay if I touch you? Is it okay if I massage? You know, like, just, or hold their hand or sit in the room. Just being alone is very painful. Hearing kids running around and everyone's having a good time and having a meal and you're, you're in, stuck in darkness and depression is very painful knowing that everyone's having a good time. Can't invite company when your kid's going through this or anybody's going through this type of depression and just make believe like, you know, life has to go on. Not when someone's sick. Again, you need guidance what to do with the other kids. You can't depress the whole family. But we have to be very, very careful. 
Because when we grew up, how many people, I don't know, I, we didn't know. We didn't hear about depression, anxiety, and all of these emotional illnesses that, that really grounded people and ruined their lives. Kips, kids in pain, adults in pain. They don't see a future, but kids, you know, go through trauma, child to trauma. It's different. They really, they don't think they're gonna get married and hold down a job. And the last thing they need is our advice. They need support, not advice. Advice means I'm on top of you. I'm gonna help you, even though I'm not qualified. I've never helped anybody in your situation, but somehow I know what you should do. And it's like not recognizing that this person has a broken leg and you're going to have advice. We're going to lose weight. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to go running. And then you get frustrated that they don't listen to you. Why doesn't he just listen to my advice? Also, a big part of mental pain is that they don't want to go for help. And that's very frustrating to a lot of people. They say, oh, he doesn't want to help himself. Like we turn on them as if they're aliens, as if they're different than us because we didn't have that. I could tell you working with so many kids, they're not different than us. We would be the same. Part of the, the, the sickness is that it destroys your trust in adults. Many of them went to, through, through um, therapy or medication, and, or even if not, they don't trust anybody and they, just, they don't have the energy to go. And of those who went, many of them went to many times and it didn't work and they sat there and it was terrible. Many times they went through trauma and it looks like depression and the people are misdiagnosing them and they, they like, when you have a migraine, you, it's, let's go to the doctor. They don't, they can't, they can't even think about it. And we have to hold them, carry them through these dark years, wait for it to pass. It does pass. And we have hundreds, literally hundreds of kids that were on medication or, or needed medication that a year or two or three, it depends on the journey up to Hashem and up to the parents, how much, how good you are at TP, at establishing the NKN, and we see they change, and all of a sudden they're happier more. That's that's what I like to see. The first thing you see, that glimmer of life in their eye that wasn't there before. You see, like, they're alive. We have a family now just on the on the Zoom meeting, so you guys don't know about it. It was on the Zoom meeting. Very, very tough kid, like very suicidal, very much talking about killing herself, very much doing drugs to numb her pain, and very, very messed up. And it's been good. We, we, it's it just things are just changing. Right? It should change more and more and more every day. But all of a sudden they said, we see like a, a, a spark of life. There's, there's, there's some life in there. And of course it came from the parents that in the beginning, they couldn't even do anything, and then they were able to start doing things. First, we show that we're with you. I can't imagine what you're going through. We rebuild the trust. If there was any trust broken, we apologize for the past. And we really can become, I am with you in your pain. And and that's a difference between making it and not making it sometimes. If I know that my parents and my family are with me, I feel some kind of emotional energy and then one day I can go for help. If I feel that people are 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 judging me negatively and, and they're wrong, I'm not bad, I'm not lazy, I'm not stupid, I'm just hurt and I can't. And they keep on telling me what I should do, and they keep on looking down at me for not doing it, and how come you don't get help? And why don't you get help? Just imagine what it's like for that person when it's not their fault and everybody thinks 
and you're just doing it for attention or whatever stupidity that people put in their brains to not have to just deal with the person like the like the chayla, like the sick person that they are. We had a family meeting and one of the siblings said, you know, I don't believe in any of this. He's just being selfish and he's self-centered and he's manipulating. And he's and meanwhile, talking about a kid who doesn't have a future right now, can't function, can't keep a job, is not building a future, so clearly has broken legs. And this sibling, no, he could do it. He's smart. He gets it done if he wants to. Or a lot of parents say, I see when it comes to what you want, you're able to get it done. So they take the whole life of of the child that is being turned upside down and they leave them alone. And they put on top of the kid a lot of pain. And the people out there who have pain will tell you that I'm right. And if you don't understand it, all you need is one thing, to be humble and just say, I don't understand this. I'm just going to be nice. I'm just going to be kind. Our basis is supposed to be that we are kind unless I have a reason not to. And and if you don't know what, what this sugya is, why why people are being Mechal Shabbos, and you care about Yiddishkeit, or why people are depressed, and you care about mental health, and but you don't know anything about it, just be kind. Just say, I don't know this. I'm just going to assume that this person is good, because I went to school, we're from, it says, Don't judge somebody until you're in their place. So how could you say this? How do you take somebody and come out with a judgment against them? Besides the fact that we know from the Medrash that the way you judge other people is the way God judges you. And besides the fact that I'm telling you that not only you're being judgmental, but you're judging wrong. You have the wrong conclusion. I know what it looks like. I agree it looks like that, but it's not that. And we have thousands of kids. We, we're doing this for 25, 30 years since Kali Yisrael got hit with this. I'm doing this 20 years plus. So I'm telling you, it's not what it looks like. So this guy was just like, no, I'm not giving him attention. I'm not going to take him out. I'm not going to this. I'm not part of this. First of all, I was like, wow, your parents are asking you to do something to give up 1% of your life? And you basically, you told your parents, no, and that's not my problem. Like, where's your kabed esavicha vesimecha? I think that's one of the big ones. I think it's written in stone. And like, you're from? Your parents are asking you. We're, this is what we're doing. We're asking you, be nice to your brother. No. You're allowed to say no? Like, these are the from kids? Like, and, what, and we're not asking you, like you see some kids, they have such a heart, they really dedicate a lot of their lives to their to their fellow brothers and sisters in pain. And they really mush, and they really get it, and they're special people. And they're going to be great mothers and fathers and, and, and humans and Jews when they grow up. And then you see some people, cold as ice, I don't care, not my problem. But your parents are asking you. Doesn't even play a role. So I told the kid, I said, wow, so we're asking you to care, to pray, to go out of your way, to take your brother out, if you can, to a ball game. I mean, what are we asking for? Have fun. Your parents are going to pay for it. Have fun with it. Or if it's a sister or whatever, what are we asking for? And conveniently, you just absolved yourself of anything by saying, no, I don't believe in this. And now you can just go in your merry way and ignore and not have to do any work. 
well, that's pretty convenient, isn't it? Like if you're going to develop a shita, you're going to develop a, a, an opinion, you develop the most convenient one. It absolves you of, of having to worry. Your parents have to worry. You don't have to do anything. Wow. Isn't that convenient? And the person was bright enough to realize that maybe I have to think about my opinion. Maybe I am just lazy. Maybe I'm being lazy, bad, and stupid. Maybe I should just tell my parents, I'm so sorry you have a kid like this, and I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you need. I'm here for you. I'm part of the team. Why is that so hard? What are we asking from them? We're not even asking them to sleep in a hospital for four days and to eat bikrocholim food and uh, sleep on a, on a chair. We're asking them to to daven and to be nice and go out of your way and, and don't look down and, and to give the person the benefit of the doubt. And we're asking you to, to, to be a rachom and a chanon and erech apayim. You give momidus, which was supposed to be anyway. We're asking you not to be judgmental, not to think that your sister is a shiksa because she's not tznius or your brother is a, a goy because nothing. No, we're just asking you to be like what the Chazanish said, what, like what all the tzaddikim said. That's all we're asking you to do. Even if you think we're wrong, do it because we asked you to do it. Anyway, so we have to understand humbly that we don't understand. And then you could be helpful. And then you could learn about it. And then you could be on, uh, on the good team. But if somebody thinks that they understand how to fix the problem when they never fixed it and they don't understand it, it's a big problem. And if they use things that are you know, weapons of mass destruction putting people down, thinking bad about them, and all of that. So back to what I was saying about depression and anxiety. If you have somebody who's down, even if it's not clinical depression, we can't like pull them out of it and start dancing and say, hey, come, you're going to feel better, you're going to this, you're going to... We have to have sympathy and empathy. And when they can be more cheerful, they will be. And our job is to be there for them when they're down, when there's an opportunity, go on a vacation, do a spa day, whatever is matim, fitting for that chayla, that's what you do to try to win over trust and be there for them like we would all want people to be for us if, God forbid, we were sick. You would want someone, you wouldn't want them to open the lights and say, good morning, it's time to get up. You didn't sleep a whole night, and you have a migraine. That's not going to work. That's cruel. So even if you mean well, you have to be careful. Now, it's not our fault. A lot of people have no idea how to deal with this because we didn't go through it and it didn't exist 20, 30 years ago like this and now all of a sudden so many families have people with PTSD and with with mental illness and stuff. And those who don't have it, all I'm saying is thank Hashem that you don't have it and don't judge anybody else. Just say thank you Hashem because so many people are suffering. And even if you went through something and you overcame it, a lot of times that's why people... They're very strong and they can't imagine. They're like, get over it. Don't use your resilience, your gift from God, your inner strength that you had. Don't use that to crush other people. I can't do it.